Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So this number six, I'd like to do that first before I get into the message. It's interesting, right? Every number means something. And every, every time a number pops up, you want to know that there's a message there. Why? Because numbers, numbers are the language of heaven. Every time you play a note, every time music is played, there literally are numbers, sequences. And if we understand that heaven consists of worship, then that means that there must be a synchronicity between heaven and earth by way of numbers and music. There are 12 notes seven white keys five black keys those five represent god's grace it's an additional to the seven seven is god's perfection and 12 is god's government seven plus five is 12. and that government is how god deals with his people that's why there were 12 tribes and that's why there were 12 disciples jesus said i do as my father does and he did exactly what his father did And so this area of numbers become important for us to understand. You are in your sixth year. And six represents the number of humanity. The number of man. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 speaks that on the sixth day, God created man. On that day, one less than perfection, which is the number seven. On that day, there was a proclamation to all of the universe that on this day I will create the reason why I created the universe. The universe is so vast and so huge, but yet God in his wonderful, detailed, oriented self, he identified with humanity and said, I'm going to give you governance, the ability to rule, the ability to live and manage this world. So then we find a wedding in John chapter two. And in that wedding, we find that there was a problem. What was the problem? The problem was that they ran out of wine for a wedding. It's interesting that at that moment in time, we find that Mary, the mother of Jesus of Nazareth says, Listen, they came to her, so she said, let me resolve this. She speaks to him as if she knows he has the solution, which means at that moment, there must have been other things that he did before for her to have a point of reference to say, you have the answer. So miracles were taking place beforehand. She said, please resolve this one with what you do. She says, please, we ran out of wine. But Jesus' response was a good one. His response was that of, I can't answer you right now at the moment you ask me because if you can tell me what to do, then you're deity. So I can't answer and say, all right, here I go. What I'm going to tell you is, it is not yet my time, woman. Not mom, not mother. Woman. Because he needs to distinguish himself from being her son And from being her savior. Who's with me so far? So at that moment. When that takes place. He says. She says. Just do whatever he says to do. Because she knows what's up. 
<laughs> and he goes and he says, fill six jars of water to the top. Make sure you follow these instructions. And I believe this church, Scarlet Note, has filled the waters to the top. Six jars representing six years. And in those six years, you have gone through each phase. And I can imagine the fifth year being your year of grace. God's grace was all in that fifth year. His hand was involved. And now that you're in your sixth year, in this year, something's going to happen. Guess what? The water's filled to the top. And what's going to take place is the transformation from water to wine. Oh, you got to hear what I'm saying. Your season of wine because the wedding is not over. I said the wedding is not over. There are people right now who are assigned to this house and they're right now chilling in their living room because they haven't heard that the wine is here yet. But it's going to come a point where they're going to hear that the wine has arrived, that there's enough wine for them and they're going to race to this place that you're going to need more than just this place. There's going to be a need for expansion because the wedding is not over. Everybody say, the wedding is not over. There's wine, six jars filled. This number six is the number of humanity. And so humanity will hear of what God is doing here in Delaware. Delaware and the Bronx are two different places. I don't know why you're laughing. It's interesting, right? Because last night we had our services. So we, we have our services on Saturday. Saturday night. We call it the Saturday Night Live original version. And so what we do is we partner with Sunday. We, and this, is, that was our, this is our season, right? To partner with Sunday. Because we catch you while you're on the line to go on the club. Go to the club, nightclub. We catch you there in your middle, the middle of you about to do what you're not supposed to do. So we call ourselves preventive medicine. That's good. That's good. Meanwhile, Sunday is emergency room. You done committed what you committed and you're coming here to repent. Uh, some of you are looking real serious like, don't say that too much. God's grace is sufficient. That's why you need both preventive medicine and you need also emergency room. We work hand in hand. And mind you, in the, in the uh, culture of Israel, right, the, the Hebrew culture, it really is still Sunday at 6 p.m. Saturday night at 6 p.m. is still Sunday. So we're still having service on Sunday just at 6 p.m. Praise God. Now let's get into the message. The message today is called crossing over. What does it mean to cross over? It means that you were, in one, you were once in one place and now you're moving into another. It means that along the way, you found a part where there's a split. And now you go from this side to that side. And it's interesting because what I'm going to read today is exactly where you are right now. What is your perspective? What do you see? 
Last week I was in another church and I taught on what do you hear. Today I'm going to speak on what do you see. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. We're going to go to verse 30. I'm going to read that verse, but I'm going to put it all together. Look what it says. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Let's go at once to take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being here today. Allow every ear to hear and listen, every heart to be open for what this message is about to deposit, be deposited in the souls of each and every person here today. I thank you, Lord. There's always a Caleb in the midst of many. And that Caleb is the one who's always in opposition of what everyone else is saying. He doesn't go by the popular demand. He says, I see something different. Interesting that we as creatures, human creatures, we base our decisions on the things that happen to us, the things that are happening to us, and the things that we think are going to happen to us. Those three areas determine whether or not you, you believe you can conquer or not conquer. I saw a video once of these two little kids and, and this guy came out in a monster suit. And he came out, one kid took flight, the other kid decided to fight. It's either flight or fight. And that's based on perspective. That child who grew up seeing certain things understood we can take that. There are unfortunately some cultures that believe that we can't obtain. And I said cultures. We cannot obtain the land because there are giants there. This house, I'm going to call a Caleb house. Because Caleb had a different spirit. His different spirit allowed him to connect with things that others and see things that others could not see. What do you see? When you are confronted with your rent and you don't have the full amount, what do you see? When you're confronted with a sickness, a sickness that everybody says it's not, it's not curable, what do you see? What do you see when somebody is consumed with depression, anxiety, and wants to commit suicide? What do you see? And so everything is based on perspective. Your past has a lot to do with how you see your future. What you were exposed to and what you saw with your parents, your family, is part of your lens on what it is that's gonna take place. But you know what new wine is? You know why this year, this sixth year, is a representation of new wine? Because wine is a representation of that which God gives. But wine skin is your paradigm. Your paradigm is what's gonna allow you to take a message like tonight, or this morning rather, tonight. Take a message like this morning, you're gonna be able to take that message and utilize it maybe even for the rest of your life. But it's all depending on what is your wine skin. 
Wineskin, wineskin, what is that? Wineskin is how you process things. Your wineskin is what's going to determine whether or not the kingdom message will remain in you when nobody's watching. I said when nobody's watching. Because you can be kingdom when everybody's around you. Because it's convenient. You can be the greatest Christian when people are looking. But what happens when you're by yourself? Where is that wineskin? What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are, you, what are the things that you surround yourself with? What are the conversations like when you're just doing a one-on-one? -on -one? Your paradigm, your wineskin is going to determine whether or not you're going to be a carrier of the wine, the new wine. I love the way Jesus said it. He said, if you put new wine in old wineskin, it will burst. Why? Because old paradigms, antiquated thoughts and concepts cannot hold the new wine. The new wine is going to be held with new wine skin. And that right now is where you guys are moving into. This sixth year, the new wine that God is giving you, the new wine for the people around you is going to require a new paradigm. Where you believe that what you see it's not what everybody else sees. Let me read this so you can understand where I'm headed. There were 12 men selected. 12 men, each from a different tribe. One was Shamua, son of Zakur, from the tribe of Reuben, Shaphat, son of Hori, tribe of Simeon, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. Here's what's interesting about Caleb. Caleb was not really from Judah. Caleb was a Canaanite. When you really read this, you find, how is it that somebody who wasn't even from the lineage of Judah represent Judah? Because that lineage was going to be the same lineage where Jesus came from, tribe of Judah. Where his encounter with people was without prejudice. If anything, he did things on purpose. He would go through a village, a town that he knew he wasn't supposed to go through. He would literally say, okay, let's look at this. Let's plan this out. Map it out with his disciples and say, and you know, everyone always goes around this place. Jesus said, well, guess what? I'm going to go through. What do you mean? I have an appointment with a woman that no one wants to speak to. I have a moment with someone who everybody rejects. Even her own people reject her. Why? John chapter 4, by the way. That's the story. And here Jesus says, I'm going to meet her at a place where she's been rejected. He meets her at noon because in the morning is when women went to go fetch their water. But he meets her at noon because she didn't go with everyone else. Because she was rejected. She was a woman. Back then that was already, that, that was already one issue. She was also a Samaritan. Uh, uh, she was the, what they considered the dogs because they were half-breeds. And then, on top of that, within Samaria, she was considered a household name that was unappealing. Everyone knew her, but not in a good way. So she had all these strikes against her, and Jesus said, I have an appointment. I'm telling you, this church is gonna have appointments with people like that. Where God's gonna send you to the 
places where most people don't want to go to bring people to the feet of Jesus where most people say don't come in that moment by the well was a moment that Jesus set in stone so we can show that the table and the language at the table can change listen to me carefully I am certain that that woman was spoken about by everybody in the town. Maybe you're the person right now that everybody talks about adversely. Maybe you're the person that no one really wants to consider. Maybe your name is circulating right now and you're saying, Lord, why is it that everybody talks about me that way? Especially now that I've given my life to you. And Jesus is going to tell you this. I need you to be my commercial. Y'all didn't get that. I need you to be my commercial. Because I need you to be known by everyone so that when the water turns to wine, they know that I did it. See, her moment with Jesus was a bucket of water moment that turned into a wine moment. She became the same thing he did at the wedding. She was the number six. She was humanity. And Jesus said that I will give you water. You will never ever have to worry about water again. You'll never thirst again. Because he did something. Now what do you think took place? After that moment, immediately, the very person that everybody spoke bad about, everyone already knew her. So when the miracle took place inside of her, they had another conversation at the table. You know what the word says? That all of them, all of Samaria was saved because of the same woman that everybody rejected. Who's hearing what I'm saying? It's the rejected person that becomes the person that God uses. So if you're feeling right now, man, I don't know. What can I do? What is it that God can do with me? Well, guess what? You don't have to be a great orator. You don't have to be a surgeon. You don't have to be any of those things. God just needs you to be his commercial. Be his walking, talking billboard. That's all he needs. Because the healing power that God does with you from the inside, that healing power, people will see it and you won't have to say a word. I always tell people, you know, there's something about your prayer life. And I'm not going to question anybody's prayer life. But I could tell you this. In private, what you do with God in private will eventually show in public. Let me explain. See, there are private moments that only between, you know, if those of you are married, only between you and your spouse. But those private moments give off something. There is a season that does take place for many. Where in the beginning, you're telling everybody that you're pregnant. In the beginning, you have to because you don't look, you don't look it. But there comes a season in your walk that you don't have to tell anybody that you're pregnant. Your features speak for themselves. So your walk is different. The food you eat is different. Who's hearing what I'm saying? As a believer, your walk is different. The food you take in is different. I'm not talking about natural food now. 
I'm talking about now you're selective on what comes into your soul. Now you, you as a matter of fact, now you want to throw up the things that once upon a time you took in. Now you want to throw that thing up because it doesn't cater to what you carry. What you carry is so big and so strong. God says you got to nourish that. And see, here's the thing. You don't need the laws and the rules to do it. You do it naturally. Uh, sometimes laws, laws are there. Listen, if you're a smoker and you go into a restaurant and there's no smoking there, you're the only one paying attention to that. If you're not a smoker, you're not looking at the no smoking signs. Did you hear what I just said? The law is applied and only the ones who break it will be the ones concerned about it. But when, when you understand that that doesn't apply to me, there could be laws all over the place. There was a story I heard one time of these young boys. They were all misfits. They, were doing, they always looked to, to do something bad. They got together, they spoke with each other, and they said, we got to do something tonight. They, while they were plotting, they went past this glass house. It was one of those greenhouses. And they're walking by and they're saying, we're gonna, yeah, let's, let's, what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to mess somebody's house up. They're passing by the house that they can mess up. They didn't do it to that house. You know what house they did it to? To the one that said, don't break glass. <laughs> oh, you're not hearing me. The same exact house was down the street. But because there were laws on the other house, that's what made them want to throw the rocks at those houses. <laughs> and the one that they passed by, because it had nothing on it, they did nothing to it. Because the law causes this desire to satisfy. Mm. So what happens when you cross over? These 12 men were confronted with something. We're getting to the core of this message. They were confronted with something, all 12 of them. And here you have Caleb, who wasn't even from the tribe of Judah, but representing Judah. He goes in, and that's how he got into the, the woman by the well, because of the whole combination of somebody who's not a part of, but being a part of. And here, here, here goes Caleb with all of these people that go spying the land. And as they're looking at the land, what do they find? They find giants. They find giants that bring fear. You know, and it's interesting because if you really pay attention to the story, you find that they start talking about the good things first. They start talking about, wow, big fruits, everything's huge, everything's wonderful. This land definitely flows with milk and honey. And then they talk about why they can't get it. Does that sound familiar? Has anybody here planned on getting a house anytime soon? Raise show of hands, anybody? Nobody? nobody? Or maybe everybody has houses then. Well, glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Getting a house is a big deal. You got to scout the land. You got to do all that. There are giants in between. Getting approved for a loan. That's a giant. Along with all the other things that come with it. And so you have a choice either to be enamored with the house and say, this house is what I want for my family and stay focused on that. Or you can be afraid of the 
stipulations involved. The stipulations will scare you. Depends on your perspective. The fear was started somewhere. Your present situation and your future outlook have to be parallel with the kingdom. So what happens? They go in there and they're talking about how all of this, this is, all these things are wonderful. These giants are there. You know what Caleb says? Let me read it. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. There needs to be a mindset that goes beyond defeat. There needs to be a mindset, especially now in this year, where you say, we can conquer the land. It's not about what's there. It's about what's there for us. Because it's quite possible that the house that was built for somebody else to live in wasn't built for them. It was built for you. It's quite possible that the adjustments made to the house was because God was thinking about your occupation there. God is always thinking ahead because his mind is not limited to time. And because he's not limited to time, he will always plan things beyond your understanding. And here you are saying, why me, Lord? Why am I going through that? And God is saying, you don't know the end result I do. There's a reason why you're going through the process. Because there is a promise. And I don't want you to miss the promise. Can you imagine these Israelites? Had they conquered the land or entered into the promised land when they first left their stage of slavery? Do you know that they, they didn't, it doesn't take 40 years to get there? It took 40 years because their paradigm wasn't right. They were complaining so much. They were not in a place where if they would have gone into the land, they would have been able to conquer. Their, their weakness was in their understanding who's with them. Greater is the giant that is with me than the giants that are in the land. Greater is the one who says, I am walking with you than the one. <laughs> because over there, what that tells me if there are giants there, is that I'm going to have a big house. <laughs> what that tells me, if there are giants there, then my food is going to be big. What that tells me is, if there are giants in the land, then I know if God brought me to scout it, it's because it already belongs to me. Amen. Why would God take you to a place unless he's trying to show you it belongs to you? It's yours. And entering into that place, looking at it from that perspective, now you're saying, God, I thank you for the giants. You know why? Because it takes giants to build my house. It takes giants to be able to build something that I'm going to be able to move in with the anointing that God gave me. They were the reason why their architecture and their blueprint was because God thought of me. Six years in the making and now you're crossing over. Six years in the making and now you're moving into your promise.
And I'm not just talking about the church. I'm talking about individually, guys. I'm talking about your household right now. If you're here today, it's because God wanted you to be here. Do you understand the concept of eternity? You are eternal, not just from now to the future. You've always existed in the mind of God. That means everything that's going on in your life right now had already been thought about in eternity. Okay, I'm, 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 I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. God's thought of you already existed. And because he knows who you are and he knows what you're going through, before you became materialized, you already existed. It wasn't from the womb of your mother. That did not, you were not created in that moment. Creation took place. You were born on that moment, but you were not created in that moment. The creation of you was in the mind of God. That's why your craving for eternity is there. Your past is not really a past. It's because you already exist and existed. Your existence is parallel to God's thought of you. So this is how I pray when I pray for somebody who needs healing. Father, I know that it has been assigned this moment to make a declaration that this body functions not because of the physical realm, but because, Lord, you gave life to every cell in this body. Lord, I believe that every cell already knows what it needs to do. Thank you. And he brought the the very size that's needed too. Yeah, I get I get anointed as I as I preach. God said the cells know me more than your understanding. Our understanding prevent the miracle from happening because we limit. We see the giants, and the cells already know God. The creation knows. So if you know someone who said, just say, Lord, whatever is planned in heaven, whatever the eternal plan is, whatever you thought that person was, let them go back to that place of your thoughts. Let the thought of God dominate the reality of man. Because our reality is that that person is sick. They are under the weather. But the truth of God is that everything that right now is malfunctioning on earth does not malfunction in heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm I'm wrapping it up. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 speaks of the power of God by being seated in heavenly places. You right now are seated in heavenly places even though you're sitting in a church. So there's a duality there of who you are. It's the who you are here on earth and who you are in heavenly places. Can I go there a little bit? 
The anointing that you carry is that which Jesus brought to the earth. The reason why we can move in miracle signs and wonders is because Jesus satisfied the man God in heaven and the God man on earth. That was complicated. Look, it wasn't just earth that needed to be rectified. We're crossing over, guys. We're crossing over. It wasn't just earth. It was also heaven. Heaven was malfunctioning because the Father wanted to bring justice to humanity. Somebody had to pay the price. Jesus said, I will go. And when he came to earth, he established something on earth as the God-man. But in heaven now, the Father sees humanity differently because all humanity has the face of Jesus. When you go to heaven, the father sees his son and his love for his son is what prevents us. We walk around not realizing what Jesus really did. Oh, he died for my sins. Yes, he did. Not only did he die for your sins, he died for your health. He died for your deliverance. And he died to make sure you live life and life abundantly. Amen. Yeah, I'm not going to stand here and be like, and be one of those, those ministers and speaking about prosperity. Yes, it happens, but it's a byproduct. It's not the emphasis, it's the byproduct. It happens organically. So when heaven and earth combine, when the God-man and the man-God is walking in both places, he's bringing synchronicity to heaven and earth now the father's wrath is satisfied now heaven is okay now the worship is full because the son allowed his creation to be seen in the place of the creator okay who got that So where you sit right now, God has established something with you for this season. The reason why you're here is because God selected you to be here. You think it was by chance, but it wasn't. You think that you're here because, oh, it just happened to be that way. No, God selected this moment on purpose for you to listen to this message and to understand how important you are. Can you do this for me? Can you take your finger and say, I am the special creation of God. You are his masterpiece, not because of you, but because he sees his son. It's like, it's like if you were to go to a club, right? We don't go to clubs, but... And here comes the bouncer. And the bouncer says, only this description can come in here. The reason why we get to go to heaven is because of the description of Jesus. We receive the blood transfusion on that cross. Past, present, future. Where now, in order to go in, you know how they have these devices that scan your eyes and your, 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 your uh, what do you call it? Fingerprints and, 
It's the same thing. You think that started here? That was in heaven. <laughs> you better have Jesus' eyes to get in. They scan your eyes. Oh, I see Jesus. Come in. Fingerprints. Oh, that's the that's the that's the fingerprints of Jesus. Come in. Blood. Oh, that's the that's the blood type of Jesus. Come in. Crossover. Come through. The new wine. The moment. Everything God established was based on that moment. He's saying to this church, which by the way, I love your name. Because it takes homework to understand what you're saying. Scarlet. We told somebody yesterday, yeah, we're going to go to a church to preach. The name is Scarlet. No. And they started chuckling because their, their wife's name is Scarlet. You know, relative, right? And I said, Scarlet, no, but you, you understand what that means. He said, it should be Jesus, no. I said, no, Scarlet, no. Because it's a note dipped in blood. Come on. You got to be kingdom to understand it. That note dipped in blood is your RSVP. That's your scarlet note. And it's so wonderful because you got to do homework to understand. You got to go in deeper. Why, why scarlet note? Just like the flow. What's the flow? Yeah, it's an acronym. Faith, love, outreach, the word. But there's a flow in the Bronx or wherever we are. And that's where the names are born. You're crossing over, folks. Say, I'm crossing over. Say, I'm crossing over. Say, I'm crossing over. If you're crossing over, then everything on the other side is going to require your work. With this, I close and I seal it. I said that that's the third time I said it. The land flowing in milk and honey is a land that is flowing with your work. What is your name? Luis. Luis, let me tell you something. When you get to the other side, which is happening right now in this season, the land flowing with milk and honey is the land that requires labor to see it. Because if you don't, you won't. The days of the rocks pouring out water is over. The days of manna coming down is over. The days of always everything, the quail and, and the meat, it's over. God is saying right now that if you want to cross over to that new place, then you got to be willing to milk the cow and go to where the bees are and put your hand in there. Boldness. If not, that cow going to pass you by. Or goat, because they will goat milk too, right? It's going to pass you by. And you're going to say, well, man, I, it, didn't they say this is the land of milk, flowing of milk and honey? Yes, it flows, but it requires your work. No more sitting back and waiting for God to do it. No, go out there and make it happen. God gave you the authority. You have the authority. He's giving it to you. He's telling you to go out and understand that that milk and honey is there for you and your household. 
Anybody new here? First time? Anybody new? Praise God. I love when new people come to a service like this because you were singled out. God called you today to be in a service like this so that you can go home and talk about it. You're going to talk about crossing over. You're going to talk about milk and honey. You're going to talk about the apostolic prophetic. That's milk and honey, by the way. You're going to talk about bread and wine. That's milk and honey, by the way. You're going to talk about the water and the spirit. That's milk and honey, by the way. You're going to speak about those things to your family. And they're going to come. Not because you're forcing them to come, but because they see it on you. You know when the church gets full? When you go beyond just trying to strategize. For who adds to the church is the Spirit of God. I've seen people do all types of strategies and they just can't do it. They just don't get over. It's when you say, Lord, it is about you. And you're the one who's going to bring them in to the land of milk and honey. Please stand. So, so how do we get a yell here today? Guys, it's your anniversary. Can't go wrong with that. But you also, you know, another area you can't go wrong with? How many people here love Jesus? And if you are struggling or on the wall right now, on the fence, you don't know whether or not this is true or you're going through it and you're trying to, you have this doubt, this kind of looming on you and like a cloud over you. God will use these kind of moments to demonstrate who he is. How would you know he's a savior unless you're at a point of drowning? I told that to my church last night. How do you know he's a savior? How do you have a relationship with a savior unless he saves you? So these dark moments we go through sometimes are designed. It's not that God puts it on you. No, he doesn't do that. But these gauntlets are designed and permitted to get us to a place where our faith grows. Because if he did it once, I'll ask this question. How many people here have experienced the power of God? Show of hands. experienced the power of God if he did it before he can do it again there's nothing too big and too great for our God it sounds like a cliche but it really isn't when you're walking with him it's like you already know but you want to hear it again it's like a song you want to hear over and over again If he did it before, he will do it again. God loves you. And what's awesome is that he uses people for people. Like the least person you're going to expect is the, the one who's going to pray for you. And in your mind, you're going to go, well, why that person? Because God uses people for people. Could he send angels down and have them evangelize? Could. But what good would that be? 
when he has us for us. We're crossing over, folks. Your sixth year and the water has turned. Not that it's turning. The water has turned into wine. With that said, if I can do a calling. If you have not accepted the Lord as your Savior, if you've been on the fence, or if you've pulled away for a season, you know, you said, I need a break. I urge you today to take heed to what was being spoken. Those of you at home, if you right now, I don't know where the camera is, but if you right now are confused about your walk with God, in your living room, or wherever you are in your house, or in your car, wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to just raise your right hand as an indication, right? Because we can say, repeat after me, and it just be words spoken. But there's a difference when you can do it like the man who's on the cross with Jesus, who did not repeat anything after anyone, who simply said, remember me. And he's the only person we know for certain went with Jesus. He said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. If there's anybody here today, I want to pray for you. There is an anointing right now. It's very tangible. If that is you, I just want you to raise your right hand. Just raise up your right hand. Again, this is not just for people who are who are receiving Jesus for the first time. These are for those who maybe you're, you're like, you need reaffirm, reaffirming. You need strength. You need to be able to say, yes, I want to cross over. Maybe you're saying, I need to have that Caleb approach. If that's you, just raise up your right hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, we're all in need of a Savior. You raise your right hand. Just keep your hand up real fast. If there's anyone here who's going through any type of ailment, sickness, your body's malfunctioning, if that is you, I'd like for you to raise your hand up as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anybody here who's been afflicted in your soul, Maybe you're going through a process right now and you don't understand why. Maybe somebody who you thought loved you does not love you and you think that that is it and it's over. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand up as well. Lastly, if there's anyone here who's having a hard time financially, you're going through financial crisis, these are the reasons why Jesus died on the cross. These are the, the byproducts. Take full advantage of what God has to offer you. If that is you, I want you to raise your right hand. Financial issues. Praise God. Those of you who raised your hand, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but I am going to add something unusual. I'm going to ask you to go into the aisle that you're in. Just come out of you. Come, go into the aisle. The body of Christ needs to realize that it's the body's for the body. The body is for the body. Just come out to the aisle. 
and the person who's next to you in that aisle, you're going to not touch their head, you're going to touch their shoulder. All right? If you know that person is coming out in the aisle, you're going to touch their shoulder. Watch how God works. Watch how you become a white blood cell. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's the body for the body. God uses the body for the body. Some ministers, you know, I, I've done it time and again where, you know, bring everybody to the front, lay hands on everyone. Eh, it works. I've done it. But I've realized something. It is a corporate anointing. And this message, it causes there to be a transactional event where we see miracle signs and wonders take place, not because of one person, but because of the body of Christ. Who's hearing what I'm saying? Some of you need restoration in your family. Some of you have lost family members. Praise God. Start ministering to that person next to you and minister to that person knowing that God is using you right now. Knowing that you are anointed and selected by God. That you're not a coincidence. You didn't just appear. That what you carry is powerful. And there's somebody or somebodies that are looking at you right now saying, I want to do it like him. Because of what you carry. You've been singled out man of God heaven stopped for a moment and has identified with you has identified with you and I promise you this this moment is being registered in heaven there will be those that will come around you and you're going to be like what do I have to offer and you're going to be able to give immediately I feel that anointing Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.